Hello again everybody. Uh, today we will look at Canada and the United States regarding exercise, exercising rights and the authoritarian state actions from two examples. James Corbett presents one in Canada while Ian Pryor reflects a new Loudoun County uh, VA school edict. Lastly, we will review the ongoing Matt Gates smear by accusation campaign operating through a now convicted liar. Hello again. Uh, from James Corbett. For the better part of a century, the image of a uniformed policeman stopping citizens on the streets with the words, May I see your papers, please, has been shorthand for a tyrannical police state. But here we are in COVID-1984, where this is happening on a daily basis in pl many places around the globe. This week on Solutions Watch, James talks to Dan Dix of the PressForTruth.ca about his own experience at such a travel checkpoint in Canada and what that shows us about how non-compliance can work. So I'm going to play this example and uh, then we'll go from there. On our way home, folks, we have some police officers up ahead here. Look like they're stopping people, so... Uh, how are you today? Good, how are you doing? I'm fantastic, thank you. Cool. So the reason we're here is for the uh, see a compliance on the uh, provincial health order for travel restrictions. Okay. Uh, what's your purpose for travel today? Um, heading home. Okay, and where's home for you? I don't want to answer that. Okay, why not? Just don't feel I need to answer that question. Well, actually you do. You have, you have to let us know where you're coming from, what the purpose of travel is, and where you're going to. Um, I, I'm not telling you where I'm coming from. I'm told you I'm going home. I'd like okay, yeah, I told him uh, I'm, I'm heading home. Um, I was traveling for work, but I was just okay. not comfortable saying where I'm, where I'm going. Okay, yeah. well, fair enough. You're on your way home, and that, you know what, that's uh, absolutely fine, right? Yep. So, in any case, I'm going to get you to back up. We're going to send you on your way here. Perfect. Right, and uh, I hope you understand that we're just out here trying to do our part for the uh, spread of the pandemic stuff here, right? So, for sure. But in yeah. any case, I'll get you to back up, and then we'll, I'll get you through here, okay? Okay. Thank you. 
Welcome back, friends. Welcome back to Solutions Watch. I'm James Corbett of CorbettReports.com, and what you have just been watching is one of the latest videos from our good friend Dan Dix of PressForTruth.ca that I'm sure you'll know his work if you've been watching the Corbett Report for any length of time. Uh, and specifically, we're watching how to get through a COVID-1984 travel checkpoint with Press for Truth, uh, documenting an interesting little travel stop that uh, Dan and his wife were subjected to out there on the highway in, I'm assuming, beautiful British Columbia. We'll get the details on that in a moment, but of course today we're going to be talking about what I think will be a recurring theme on the Solutions Watch series, which is non-compliance, uh, which can take many different forms and many different flavors and can be exemplified in many different ways. So I think it does behoove us to look at some examples of how this can be done and how easily it can be done, which I think might be surprising to people. Let's bring him on for this conversa conversation. Dan Dix, thanks for joining us today. Oh, my pleasure, man. It's always great to be on. Thank you. Awesome. All right. Set the theme, set the scene for us or the theme. Um, tell us what, where you were, what was happening and uh, what we just witnessed there. Sure. Well, it was about a week ago. Uh, my wife and I decided we needed to do a little bit of a, a elite E uh, electronic detox just to get away from all the the masked people and away from the electronics and so I booked a, a a nice lovely little cottage on a lake for us to get away from it all and we did just that people may have noticed I haven't been posting for for about a week but on my way home uh, getting uh, back from uh, this other health jurisdiction they're calling them um, I came across a, a checkpoint an RCMP uh, checkpoint where they were telling me, we, we need to know where you were and where you're going so we can figure out if this is for essential travel. And I just basically uh, said, I'm not going to tell you where I was. I'm not going to tell you uh, where my home is. And I held firm to that. Um, the, the one guy seemed a little dumbfounded by coming across somebody who dared to question him. He said, you, you have to tell me these things. You, you have to say this. And I said, well, I, I'm not going to. And so uh, they pulled me over into secondary. And uh, that's when that's when uh, the uh, supervisor uh, basically asked the same questions. I said, you can ask all you want, and I'm still not going to give you the answers. And then they allowed me to go on my way. And uh, that, that was it. And that's, that's the beauty thing here is that, like you said, noncompliance is where it's at. That's all we have to do is literally just, just say no and keep living our lives. Uh, so such a simple idea, isn't it? But still something that I think a lot of people in that position would be afraid to do, to say no to a police officer. No, uh, can I do that? Is the Does the word no belong in that vocabulary? Yes, it does. And here's an example of it. So let's, let's uh, get the context here, because as a Canadian, I feel like I should be able to understand what's happening here. But not only have I been out of the country for 17 years, but also... Perhaps more importantly, I certainly am not there in COVID-1984 where everything's different. So I understand RCMP is, of course, the Canadian Federal Police Force, basically. So this is obviously under some sort of federal jurisdiction, or so they are claiming. But what is a travel travel zone? What 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 is this? What are they trying to implement here? What's at least the theory behind what's going on here? Um, the, uh, the, the BC government has issued uh, what they call is now a travel restriction um, because, uh, well, they keep saying the cases keep going up. Cases are going up. Cases are going up. As you and your audience already know, I'm sure, cases are meaningless. Cases mean nothing. Um, but because they have these numbers coming in, 
they have decided that nobody is allowed to travel uh, for um, recreational purposes and that it can only be um, within your health zone, they call it. So they've broken up British Columbia into four different zones, health zones, and you are allegedly supposed to not travel between these health zones unless it's for essential reasons, like you have to go to work or something like that. So um, I, I, I wanted to challenge this as a free a Canadian, uh, we should be able to have the right to move our, unmolested by the state, especially when we've done nothing wrong. And especially in a time here where we can't even travel, we can't go on a vacation, we can't get away. I, ca I can't go, you know, to e even other provinces right now. So at least I'm going to travel around within my own province of BC here. And they're trying to stop that. They're trying to stop that from happening now. And it's driving people absolutely cra crazy. But um, like you said, people often are not aware of the fact that they can actually refuse these things and just say no. And even when the officer says, no, no, you have to tell me this. You just got to hold firm. And it's important to remain calm and, and be polite. You can run into snags when you start getting, you know, a little bit aggressive with them. Um, they will just jump onto the defensive and you could run into some problems. Um, so that's uh, something important to remember if, if you're going to try this yourself. Um, is it remain uh, peaceful, calm, courteous? Um, um, but but hold. I'm going to jump in here. I I don't disagree with his his approach. Uh, you should never be, um, let's just say, vocal unless you're of the. As it turns out, in certain places, it seems like uh, there's a there's a uh, invincibility with uh, certain um, identity groups. I think we know which ones they are. I don't think I need to go down the the road there, but you know what they are. Um, it's been quite interesting, um, that, um, that this has been going on around the world. You know, they're, they, they're, they're keeping up this COVID propaganda. They're keeping up the, uh, they're trying to keep everybody locked down. One, one country locks down, the other one doesn't. And they'll always quote some number or cases or whatever, which is just medical tyranny by any other name. They're just, they're just using that to, because this is a global objective this is a global agenda and the people that are at the very elite in the at the elite level of of uh doing this have multi i would say have multiple reasons for doing this one they're, they're they're trying to push this climate change agenda but that's that's just a guise for them to steal all your money that's all this is is this a power grab authoritarian rule break people down take from them what they what they've they spent the last, you know, their entire lives gathering, trying to create resources, take away their freedoms, strip them of their freedoms, which is using the China model. Because uh, there's been this, these, the, uh, there was a story that came out from Breitbart. Breitbart um, a guy had written a book about the the interactions of Bloomberg, Michael Bloomberg, and his uh, media media minions that work underneath them, uh, cozying up to the Chinese Communist Party over the last. Uh, Six, seven, eight, ten years. Uh, ever, essentially, since Xi Jinping has uh, come to power, Xi Jinping is basically your modern-day Adolf Hitler. Uh, um, he is. He's. 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 But he's far more powerful than Hitler ever was. That's how dangerous this guy is. Uh, that's my. That's my two cents. He has the world's largest army. He has a, a very large standing navy. He has aspirations to rule the world. At least in some, uh, he's buying up uh, Ethiopia. He's buying up African assets. He's he's tried to put a, uh, Australia's uh, resources under his jackboot. 
He's trying to uh, make the uh, overtures towards uh, uh, Taiwanese uh, takeover because everything in the South China Sea, uh, South China Sea, is ostensibly his. And this rhetoric has been going on for a long time. I, I uh, was uh, actually in a uh, a course back in 2012, 2012, 2013. I think it's 2012. Yeah, it was 2012. Where we were discussing, it was about, uh, actually about Asia. It was about uh, China and Japan. And China was, you know, had stated bluntly, they feel that everything in the in their sea, everything that's on their shoreline, they, their realm and dominion extends all the way up to, like, for example, Philippines. All that water is their territorial waters. That's how arrogant these people are. They they think they deserve they think they deserve to rule the entire world. They're very pissed off at the United States. They've never they've never hidden that fact. They want to submit this country. They want to they want to submit Western values. They want to destroy them, and they've infiltrated across all the globe, all the major power centers. They've infiltrated our our uh washington dc apparatus they've uh, infiltrated uh uk probably australia definitely new zealand i mean they have that they have her in line real good down there the prime minister down there um i forget what her name is but if you see her face you can just see what kind of a evil person she is and they and they and they've used the money that we've uh i guess you could say the trade resources uh this is one of the stupidest things that we ever did as Americans. We went along with this policy thing because we, you know, as far as getting cheaper goods and using Chinese slave labor, which is our fault. But it was done through proxies, American corporations like Apple and whatnot. Apple's one of the biggest offenders. They built their wealth off of it, but they're beholden to the Chinese Communist Party. And they turned over our technology to them willingly. These are the buffoons that run your corporations. They're not very bright. If they were bright, they would know damn good and well that they should be protecting their intellectual property. But they don't really care. They they they've uh, aligned with China. They think they're, uh, you know, they get they get soft pedaled uh, between money and and probably uh, women and whatever else compromised. Now they've been compromised by them, and they don't want their their secrets out outed. And that's getting off on a tangent here, but. Um, that's the that's the agenda that's been that's working behind the scenes, and we're in a desperate fight against these people because we have idiots that are at the lower level that just comply with whatever their politicians are telling them to. They're reading from a script. I mean, it's been there's been uh, episodes or uh, uh, hot mic issues where health ministers are just saying, "Oh, I'm just reading what I'm told to do." I'm like, "Well, who's presenting all this, and who's uh, who's?" Uh, when you don't question what somebody's telling you to do, uh, what kind of what kind of middle manager or functionary are you? I mean, and of course they they go, well, I have to do it or else I'll lose my job, and that's the power of a, a, this is the the I guess you could say in the world of interactions, it seems like these orders are coming from you know like you see the World Economic Forum. Uh, coming from the UN, there's these the 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 forces at play behind the scenes are deeper even than Xi. Xi is, I mean, he's amongst a, a group of thugs in the Chinese Communist Party, and for him to maintain power, he has to produce results as the as the paramount leader of the country. So of course he's going to be as authoritarian as the people that are around him. 
this isn't an unusual situation. This has happened in many uh, uh, groups of people. For example, uh, the, during uh, prior to World War II, uh, the Japanese imperialism was, you know, uh, felt by the Chinese. As a matter of fact, uh, that they were extending it for uh, try to garner resources and project power and stuff like that. This is the, this is going on right now. But they're doing the the Chinese do it through an asymmetrical warfare. See, they bought all these people, and they've got them. They use uh, media warfare. So Bloomberg, there's one of the reasons why they get what they want. They have bought off media outlets on purpose to get what they want. So like, uh, since I'm talking about it, I might as well go to the article here. Uh, yeah, uh, this was written by, and this is on Breitbart, so I'll post the link into is that Alexander uh, Marloff. So I'll just read what uh, you can listen to the story, but I'll I'll let it go ahead and let let the the computer do the work for me. Exclusive bombshell photos reveal years of meetings between Bloomberg executives and Chinese propagandists in Beijing by Alexander Marlow on May 17, 2021. Michael Bloomberg and his top associates at his namesake news conglomerate, Bloomberg LP, have regularly met in Beijing with top Chinese Communist Party, CCP, officials and propagandists, according to the Chinese government. I document these meetings, which have taken place over several years. In my book Breaking the News, Exposing the Establishment Media's Hidden Deals and Secret Corruption, released May 18th. According to documents reviewed while researching for this book, these propagandists regulate Bloomberg LP and control the extent to which the former Democrat mega-donor-turned-presidential candidate's business can access the gigantic Chinese market. Michael Bloomberg himself has spoken favorably, even glowingly, about China, President Xi Jinping, and other top Beijing officials. Bloomberg LP seemingly does a lot more business with China than its competitors. Breitbart News is revealing images for the first time in American media that confirm the meetings. Details of the meeting, which appear here and in Breaking the News, originally were posted to an official Chinese state media website and have not yet been published in the U.S. press. In the book, I reveal details of the year-long investigation into corporate media I conducted with a small team of researchers. Among the book's numerous bombshells, I report on the true extent to which American media outlets are willing to go to curry favor with the communist regime in China. At these meetings, according to the Chinese government, the CCP and Bloomberg officials discussed, among other topics, cooperation in the field of media, the introduction of Chinese stories to the world, and strengthening media cooperation between China and the U.S. Foreign distributors of financial data within China of which Bloomberg is one of the largest, are forced to seek licensure from the State Council Information Office, SCIO, which is an agency under the auspices of China's State Council. In other words, his ability to do business in China is subject to the will of what is effectively China's executive branch. So that's a, that's a brief snippet of the article, but I, I think you can gather what I was talking about. And this is important. They're using the media ostensibly to to project their power onto the entire world. And we have so many stupid people that 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 don't either don't or, or purposely uh, want to be complacent uh, against them. 
and beyond them, I mean, then there's also other forces like the, like I said, the World Economic Forum, which is host to a, a slew of corporations. Like the the partnerships there are just uh, mind mind boggling uh, in terms of the top tier uh, corporations. And the reason why you're seeing all this propaganda being pushed out in the media, through the media, advertising, and this asinine stuff, and, and all these uh, COVID uh, videos, and COVID propaganda, and mask wearing, and, you know, uh, we're, we'll do things better together, and build back better, and all this this corpse speak, which is all 1984. I mean, they're really trying to turn this into, turn this entire planet into an authoritarian prison that they control every aspect of everybody's lives down to whatever you do, uh, you know, down to your bowel movements, for cripe's sakes. These people are just malicious and evil. And they're doing it, I think, if I had to hypothesize for why they would, why they're doing it, A, they, they, they just love control and power, but they're also pissed off because there's been so much information that's come out about them the Bill Gateses and stuff like that, the F. Jeffrey Epstein's. I think Jeffrey Epstein was the, uh, like a spider web. He was, when when everybody started to, to latch on to that story and say Epstein, he left and right said Epstein didn't kill himself, when they could no longer control the narrative that, you know, this happened and it was an unfortunate, you know, suicide, and nobody believed them, uh, I think there may have been a, a accelerated effort to to push us into this this uh, new realm because before that I think they were gradually doing the fro uh, boiling of the frog in the pot. You know, they put your body in there. They you know they were gradually just incrementally moving us there, but slowly because they couldn't really really provide the you know they they knew they could eventually get. Uh, there's half the population out here that are, are so mind-blowingly stupid when it comes to their individual rights that they'll give them up. They'll cede uh, control to the state quite willingly because they've been trained that way for the last 20, 30, 40 years. They're not individualists. These are people that are they, they love government. They love UBI. I mean, when Yang, the Yang Gang existed on Twitter, I got attacked one time. As a uh, this is a this is another side story, but I was on Twitter and I was talking about no, you know, your your ability to become a, a a stable person is based upon your ability to create value that that corporations or or a company or entrepreneurship you're going to have to put your nose to the grindstone. Now, granted, there's a lot of factors that keep people from succeeding in life, but the people that attacked me were these Yang gangers who are you know all for this. You know, we just give you $1,200 a month or whatever. They, they they think that they're going to get that. They think they're going to get that without there being an absolute control mechanism by the government. The governments can control what you use, how you use it. And the money doesn't matter. The money is just a, a number in the uh, uh, a hat. It could be $1 for cripe's sakes. I mean, there's, uh, there's this huge, huge uh, behind-the-scenes uh, turn to authoritarianism. And it's being operated by these world players who, who have decided, and and they particularly decided that the United States is going to be, be destroyed, because we are the, considered the last bastion of freedom. People come to this country for a reason. Of course, they want to break this country, so that's the reason why they want to leave the borders wide open, and usher in all this, all these people, give them welfare. And then change the fundamental nature of this entire country. And then these people are going to be trapped here. And they're going to turn this country into 
every bit of the quote-unquote third world shithole that uh, Donald Trump uh, echoed one time and, and everybody absolutely went berserk on. The left is has no toleration for conversation. They have no toleration for uh, uh, things where they aren't considered right about everything. They don't. There is no. There is really no discussion with them, at least at the far end. Um, the younger they are, the more likely they are to change if they if they ever saw freedom. But most of them, like the millennials, have just straight up given up. Um, ever since two thousand eight, they've just been. Uh, in this holding pattern of creating more debt and getting more degrees that are worthless, and they don't have a they don't have a functional life. At least they they decided to arrest their uh, development as a person to, you know, garner a family and get a home and get a stable job or or or, or work on an entrepreneurial adventure. But so we're going to move on to this next article here, which is tied to the parents and the guardians of uh, Loudoun County. So the authoritarianism here is the education. I'm just going to read the tweets, uh, read the the snippets. So the L LCPS Office of Equity, there's an or, there's your 1984 term, is providing parents and students a link to share, speak up, and speak out form that will be used to capture incidents of bias in an anonymous manner. Oh sure. The intent of the Google form is to provide an opportunity for students who who have unfortunately been a target of experiences associated with bias and to share that information uh, anonymously. The Office of Equity will collect the information and use this to drive conversations and ongoing dialogue in upcoming student equity ambassador share, speak up, and speak out sessions. Uh, uh, sessions. Think of it as a struggle session because that's all this is. This is just pure communism. Uh, I mean, just the... The, the CCP version of communism. Whoever's behind this is just a, a toxic individual. Uh, sorry. As well as to inform next steps for professional development for staff to better support students. Please note there is a place on the forum for students to denote if they wish to have the incident followed up at the respective school. Riverside students will receive a separate email with the link to the bias reporting form. In addition, the link will be placed on the LCSPGO for student access. And then here's the incidences. So, harassment, intimidation, racial slur. Yeah, they couldn't, they, they uh, put that second. They, they, they were probably wanted to put it. They didn't put this in alphabetical order, which is interesting. Offensive language, teasing and taunting language, verbal exchange. Verbal exchange. Well, we're always exchanging words, so verbal exchange, you know, whatever. Exclusion of victim or lack of inclusivity. <laughs> Gender identity and expression. Ability, stat, ability status. So hand, that means handicapped. Religious practices. Sexual orientation. Now here's the funny thing. So that religious practice. So if a, so if a Christian complains about some atheist coming up to him and, and, and saying, I, I mock your God and I don't think you have one. What does that say? Or is it only... Or is there only one category or one sect of religious practices that they're going to support? This is just the people that are behind. Some of the people that are behind us at the lower level, you know, these are morons. They they they've they bought they've drunk the Kool Aid and they think that uh, uh, bias training this uh, what do they call it the microaggressions or unconscious bias and and they they have they have acerbated the situation. They have. They have elevated the level of 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 
of a hyper focus on this stuff and they think that they think that some of them are stupid enough to believe this is helpful uh, in terms of how you run a society when in reality it is there's a whole lot better ways to go about uh, people and how they interact with each other like for example you know not not turning people into snitches that's a that's a pretty key aspect I mean when you're just running around snitching on people and outing, you know, saying, "Oh, he said a bad word to me. I'm going to report him," and you know, this is this is school for for Christ's sakes. Um, I know plenty about getting bullied and harassed as a kid when I moved from uh, Tennessee to Northwest Indiana. Um, you know, I had a heavy Southern accent. I was a sixth grader. I was the second shortest kid in the entire school, or at least the. Uh, from sixth grade, seventh grade, yeah, I would have been the entire uh, middle school. Uh, I was a really short kid. Uh, people would look down. They made fun of my accent. They called me hillbilly this, hillbilly that. I had my share of uh, of uh, bullying incidents, and and I gave as good as I got. I mean, I used my mouth and I used my quick wit. I guess at the time I thought I was quick witted, um, <laughs> and I defended myself. And sometimes, and a lot of times, I was losing. I was losing, losing friends. Like I didn't have any friends. I couldn't even make any friends. Uh, but I was losing allies, people that might have agreed with me, or agreed that I, it's unfair. This is just part of growing up. But these people are they. They think that they're going to short circuit all that. And, and of course, with them introducing you know all this gender bending, you know we need to turn you turn you into a transgender at eight years old, allowing kids to make those decisions. Parents are just taking a hands off approach. These people are just completely retarded in terms of what their responsibilities are as parents, for one thing. And the worst is when they're not responsible as parents is that, that you have uh, teachers teaching this crap and enforcing this, and teachers have turned into these little little minions of thinking that they're all powerful they think they think well i have to raise your kids for you no you don't you don't have to raise them at all you're there to teach them something but evidently you're you have been so uh, uh taught such terrible things that you don't know how to teach and that's really what it is it's a failure of the of the the teacher being an incompetent fool or been trained in marxism from their universities and we know that's all existing but this idea that uh, you, need, you need to turn all these kids into little snitchers, and you know, all this is going to do is just escalate problems in the student. And, and then you're going to have kids getting suspended. You're going to have lawsuits. This entire program is just cultural Marxism. It's just uh, you know critical race theory. I know there was a video with uh, a lady on. Um, she was talking to the the the, the town uh, school board or uh, school board. And uh, in about 90 seconds, she laid out why this is so evil. You know, the, the, you know, this isn't, uh, this isn't anywhere near where Martha, Martin Luther King was. And she was a black lady and she was uh, expressing herself very, um, as eloquently as any person could. Uh, better than anything I could say, actually. Um, she was, you know, she was spot on and she was just, you know, in the reason, in her case, you know, she was married to a, a white gentleman and she had mixed race kids. And this is what they're picking on. This is what they're trying to do. They're trying to take people, they're, they're, they're infusing resentment into kids. They're so despicable that they would take kids and turn them into these, uh, these, um, 
I don't know, turn them into these these numbskulls. And this is being driven not only just at the local level, but obviously the Chinese are involved in this too. I'm going to put it on them too, the CCP. Not the Chinese people in their provinces that are slaving away and trying to survive. The CCP has infiltrated our media, our academia, and they promote this stuff. They've all that's the reason why they're promoting that the American Constitution is racist and evil and was just made by a bunch of dumb white men. The Chinese hate us. The CCP party hates us. Uh, I, it's hard for me to. Uh, I don't want to go, but the CCP is filled with 92 million people, in terms of the party members. So that's a significant portion of them. And when they come to the university here, and they're driving around nice cars, I live near a major university at Purdue, and I've seen them. I've seen how they act. I see how they, they, they are very, 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 they do not intermingle with uh, other people very well. You can tell that. As a matter of fact, anytime I ever see a group, which I see many of them, uh, for example, at the end of graduation, you'll see them out there in front of the, um, the gate there at Purdue, and you'll see like 10 or 12 a group, a group and that you don't see any white people you don't see any african americans or black people you see nothing but just chinese people they're all together they all work together they they don't they don't want to intermix with us they want to stay just the way they are when i see them walking around in uh, i don't see them walking around talking with uh, american folks rarely it's a very rare occurrence so that should tell you something and if they are walking around with somebody like that, it makes you wonder, especially if it, when I've seen uh, particularly uh, Chinese uh, origin women, uh, they'll be talking to a white guy. And I'm curious as to why they're so interested in that person, interested in him. Is it because of his family, of who he works for, who he's going to work for? You know, is this an infiltration plan to that level? I mean, you, one can never tell. Uh, we know about Eric Swalwell. You know the reason why is they they they, they take an oath to their oath to uh, uh, their uh, in, uh, country to do whatever it takes to achieve the CCP's goals. And if you read their their uh, every five years they have a big meeting, and you read the the basically like uh, the their state of the state of the Chinese Union speech which is it, it parallels what the united states does every year you can get a feel for you know what their what their goals are i mean what g's goals are and that's passed down throughout the party and they're getting indoctrinated too they're indoctrinated to hate america they're indoctrinated that the only reason why we exist is to exploit us and that they should feel resentment towards us because we stopped mao or uh, we interfered with the Chinese goals back in the 1800s and their century of, uh, uh, they call it their century of shame or their century of, uh, uh, of uh, insult. And, and they're looking for retaliation and revenge. Every ideology that's based upon uh, a revenge and retaliation is despicable. And that's exactly the same thing as the Nazis did. They're... And the funny thing was, is they were the only difference between them and the communists is one was global and one was uh, uh, national. That's it. Socialism. It's just socialism. It's all leftist agenda. And it's always authoritarian from the left. Um, they always try to per, uh, to push their poison down everybody's throat. It's just, it's just the way it is. 
So we're going to finish off here with, I'm going to uh, let the let the computer do the work instead of me doing it. So this is an article from uh, Raheem Kassam, uh, the media's Matt Gates uh, source, Joel Greenberg, just pleaded guilty to making false uh, pedophilia allegations about his opponents. So I'll let it let it read. Media's Matt Gates source, Joel Greenberg, just pleaded guilty to making false pedophilia allegations about his opponents. And read to you by Listen Cat. Did you know the guy behind the Matt Gates allegations just pleaded guilty to making false allegations about sex with a minor about another of his political opponents? The media doesn't seem to want to report this part of the case, which is available for anyone who wants to read it in Joel Greenberg's plea deal released on Monday. Greenberg, a Florida tax collector in Seminole County, pleaded guilty this week to a series of crimes. The corporate media is reporting on his plea deal with prosecutors and the implications for firebrand Republican Congressman Matt Gates. But there's something else you need to know, and the media don't seem keen to tell people. Greenberg is the only person making accusations about Representative Gates right now, two months in, and there's plenty of evidence to suggest his animosity is driven by Gates's refusal to get involved in Greenberg's demands for a pardon from President Trump. But take a look at count 24 in Greenberg's deal. It's stunning, and it goes right to the heart of the allegations being made, mostly on the far-left Daily Beast website, about Representative Gates. Count 24, which Greenberg has pleaded guilty to, establishes that Greenberg is a malicious and habitual liar who uses web publications to make false, criminal allegations about his political adversaries. Read. The victim of Count 4 is a teacher at a school located in the Middle District of Florida, referred to herein as the teacher. On or about October 4, 2019, the teacher filed with the Seminole County Supervisor of Elections to run for the elected office of Seminole County Tax Collector in the 2020 election. Because the teacher had filed to run in opposition to him, Greenberg used the mail, an interactive computer service, an electronic communication service, an electronic communication system of interstate commerce, and a facility of interstate commerce to engage in a course of conduct that caused, attempted to cause, and would be reasonably expected to cause substantial emotional distress to the teacher. Greenberg started by mailing letters. On or about October 10, 2019, Greenberg used the United States mail to send an anonymous letter that purported to be from a concerned student. The letter was mailed from the Middle District of Florida and was addressed to the head of the school where the teacher worked. The envelope contained an anonymous typed letter addressed to the head of the school that contained information alleging an inappropriate relationship between a student and teacher. In that letter, Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, falsely represented that he had first-hand knowledge of a sexual relationship between another fictitious student identified as R and the teacher. Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, falsely represented that R admitted to engaging in oral and anal sex with the teacher and that the incidents took place at the school. Greenberg, posing as a student at the school, signed the letter, a very concerned student at the school. Dot, dot, dot. Greenberg's false accusations resulted in local law enforcement conducting a criminal investigation of the teacher. Florida Statute Section 800.101 criminalizes any authority figure, such a teacher at school, from soliciting or engaging in sexual conduct, a relationship of a romantic nature, or lewd conduct with a student enrolled at a school. Violations of the statute are second-degree felonies. Greenberg's false allegations about the teacher involved false claims that the teacher had committed felony criminal offenses. 
As Greenberg knew when he made those allegations in the letters and in the online posts, those allegations were false. Greenberg made those false allegations to cause substantial emotional distress to the teacher. After investigating the teacher, local law enforcement found no support whatsoever for the false allegations that Greenberg had made. Dot quote. In brief, Greenberg has pleaded guilty to falsely accusing an innocent man of having sex with a minor. Now, he's doing the same to Representative Gates. Perhaps one of the most concerning parts of Greenberg's plea deal is that it promises him leniency if he provides information that leads to the arrest of another individual, which Biden Department of Justice prosecutors are desperate to make Representative Gates. But their whole case will rely on the stories of a man who has already pleaded guilty to making almost the exact same false allegations about others. And Mr. Greenberg and the team around him are chief daily beast sources on this story, potentially exposing them when the dust of all this settles. So there you go. And I think there's a, a significant uh, aspect there. This has become the, the smear by allegation uh, tactic that uh, gets operated on many people and many folks around the country that by, uh, by making enough false accusations or making uh, allegations and getting them in the media, obviously the, you know, if you have, um, there was a, a study done by um, uh, the Gallup poll so liberals, as of as of even last year, still believed in the mainstream media on, on the whole more than anybody else in the country. Like we're talking seventy percent, fifty three percent. I think it was like fifty three percent, most all the time believed of it, and like sixteen percent uh, always believe in it. So nearly that was a uh, the liberals in general are just totally buying into this kind of stuff. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, uh, conservatives or, or Republicans, it was based upon they did a by, by a party, Democrat, Independent, and Republicans. Uh, so yeah, the Republicans it was right down around ten percent. I think it was like three percent always believe the media, and six percent uh, mostly believe uh, believe or trust the media. It was about trust. So that tells you the disparity there. You know, you got only ten percent of conservatives actually believe the media that they deal with, and the Democrats are seventy percent, and then the independents are right around the middle, a middle middle point of the two. They're like in the thirties and forty percent area. So it gives you a you know that's the reason why you have two worlds going on, and and people will say, well, how do you know that the media? I go, I know the media is always lying to me. There was a time in my life when I was on the Democratic side, and I know that the the stories that they keep on rehashing and doing uh, don't they 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 may put it this way they will put in ten uh, percent uh, uh, or twenty percent of the truth, and the rest is all just their speculation, opinion, and propaganda, and and whatever they want to uh, uh, acerbate. It's easy to to think that they're actually. I mean, what percentage of an hour do they actually give you news? that is worth worth reading or what percentage of the time are they giving you actually facts about even the coronavirus just because they put a counter up on the one side for example on cnn and they show the list of cases which mean nothing and they show the list of deaths which means uh means exactly the same thing nothing see they didn't have those they they didn't they only put those big numbers up there to to acerbate a situation to to get people to focus on those numbers you know, people didn't focus on the fact that 8,000 people in America were dying every day prior to this coronavirus. And you know how much it's gone up? 
as of last uh, was the last year it was roughly right around 8900 per day now those 900 deaths happen according to the cd this is the cdc's uh, statistics that i'm going by and i did uh, analysis on and i'm just giving it to you off the top of my head but uh so yes there was an extra nine there were 900 more deaths than they had been the year uh, per day than there were the year before now of those 900 deaths uh, how many of them were generated by coronavirus? If you go back into some real detail over the last five years, there was there was very little, if any, excess deaths. I mean, in other words, uh, in prior years, the uh, amongst uh, certain age groups, particularly the older people, uh, for about four years straight, they were they were actually running behind the average total that they expected uh, in regards to the United States in terms of population. So in 2020, there was a, a huge a spike, obviously. And we know that the most of the people that were impacted by this were older, older folks with uh, comorbidities. So it was a, a, a it stands to reason that uh, there may have been that was one of the reasons why this thing was hyper targeted. And we know it was a gain of function uh, it was in a gain of function uh, scenario with uh, viral impacts. So this was designed with a specific target, which means that they knew exactly what they were trying to do. They knew what they were trying to set up. They t targeted the ACE2 receptor. They targeted a cardiovascular um, uh, impact because they knew that would, infect, that would impact a certain population. Oh, by the way, an older population that generally votes rep, uh, a Republican. So there was multiple vectors. I'm sure they, they, they reasoned this all out. And they don't care who they hurt around the world. They they probably don't even. I mean, if you're if you're the CCP and if you're the Dr. Tony Fauci and you're uh, grant uh, um, doing uh, what is considered a legal activity on in China because they were supposed to cease gain of function studies and yet they kept on carrying it on uh, through their mechanisms. Uh, and they they'll make the excuse, well, we were trying to protect the population. No, you didn't protect the population. You were specifically targeting population i guarantee his the the level of malevolence that he was uh, using uh, in, in and of course it goes along with the goals of the ccp i mean they were involved with them they used that lab for a reason they knew that there was a uh, lower protocols there that it was a p2 lab essentially it was basically a dentist office it wasn't a p4 lab they didn't care about the harmful vectoring of this uh, particular virus and the CCP doesn't care about their own human lives, or I mean, they don't even care about their own population that badly. There's been aspects of uh, there was Hong Kong um, resistance. There's worker strikes. There econ uh, economic. Um, there was uh, there was going. There were there was economic pain being felt in China through our policies under Trump. Enough so that uh, it, it stands the reason that maybe. Um, not only were they working with the Democrats and they said, well, how can we arrest this? You know, Trump's growing popular. And of course, they, they hate the they hate populism. They hate people. They, they, they hate to give us to give the average American people uh, and in the world population in general, their rights and freedom to allow them to do what they, they should be allowed to do. Freedom is a, freedom is like a kryptonite to an authoritarian. They don't want you to have anything. I mean, they just, they're just at loggerheads to each other. And we have a number of people that have expressed their authoritarian behaviors quite vividly, not only in positions of power, but also amongst the, 
the regular population. You've come to realize that there are people out here that don't value freedom and they prefer government control. They prefer being snitches. They, you, they, they won't listen to reality. They won't listen to discussion. They won't take in the information. They, they refuse it. They think, uh, they think Chris Cuomo and, and the clowns on TV are telling them the truth. They don't even they don't even vet the sources. They don't even vet like George Stephanopoulos, who's you know used to work in the Clinton administration, and he's palsy wowsy with them. Uh, you know, obviously Cuomo, his brother works not only as the governor now, but he worked in the Clinton administration. So you see all these, uh, I and mean, you start going down the list of the people and where they were working and who they are aspected with. You'll come to realize that uh, you know it's only a phone. They're only a phone call or a text message away from. The right source to tell them to to do uh, do one thing or jump through another hoop. They control people through the media. The best thing you can do is cut yourself off from the media in terms of the regular media. The best filters are are out there. There's people that do analysis and breakdowns and look at general information or legal documents or uh, economic data or uh, CDC data and can actually bring to you the actual insights that you need to know in order to, for you to. Uh, get through this 1984 crisis where truth, you know, you know, freedom, you know, where you have the the mix uh, mixing of, uh, you know, we're going to take away your freedoms because we're trying to protect you. So I'm going to leave it there for today. Um, I think I've talked enough. I went through these articles. Um, I think the important thing for us to all realize is that uh, we have to control our lives. We have to make our choices. We have to try to do it in a um, in the correct. We have to do it in a moral manner as much as we can. Everybody wants to. Um, I know, you know. There's there's been some insights as to when do we um, stand up, and we have to stand up every day. We just have to do it in ways that are productive and useful. There'll come a time when everybody will know that um, the the days of playing nice are over people like this that are authoritarians will eventually overstep their bounds and when they do it'll be up to us to you know um, come up with uh, corrective action so to speak as they say in the engineering what are our corrective measures uh, but until then we need to correct our own lives and correct what our circumstances need to be in order to achieve our our um, long-term survival as a as a, a population in a human race um, and do the best we can in the, in the process to get there and um, I think it'll be important going forth um, to be prepared for the worst and um, and to enjoy the joy respites in between where um, we gather and we can talk and discuss and unite and that's what they've been doing throughout this time is to divide and conquer. They're, they're trying to keep us separated. That's what lockdowns are all about. They don't want us talking. They don't want us to to have a camaraderie with each other. And we have to find ways to do that, alternative ways if we have to. So I hope you uh, enjoyed this broadcast. And um, take care out there. God bless America. God bless Canada. God bless the world. And I will catch you at the next broadcast.